Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Bethany. I'm Allie. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, Taylor Swift dominates the Hot 100, performing arts platform stage time debuts, Rihanna honors Chadwick Boseman, new music, and more. I almost blew it. (laughs) (laughs) We made it. We did this. First off, what's new? What's on y'all's mind? Oh, we'd wait. We do have someone new. Welcome, Bethany Vaughn. Insert applause. <laughs> uh, Bethany is a trumpet player and currently studying at Northwestern University as a master's student. And she's like the best human, one of the best humans I know, one of the smartest humans I know. Aww. So happy to have her here with us. What's on your mind, Bethany? Well, thank you for that marvelous introduction, Alex. Allie, sorry. Um, <laughs> what is on my mind is that I am glad that Halloween is over because I was the one tasked with being the mastermind behind two group costumes for the Masters Trumpet Studio at Northwestern. And while they turned out immaculately, we got some amazing pictures, <laughs> the amount of time and brain bandwidth is that a th- i don't know uh involved yes. was yeah. a lot so yeah we were m&ms because we are mms masters of music and then we were there's seven of us so we went as snow white and the seven dwarves and our professor the former principal trumpet of the philadelphia orchestra was snow white as <laughs> you would expect um right i love yeah. that yeah <laughs> oh my so that's gosh. what's new with me that was that was today so i had a lot, a lot technically it's the day after halloween i know but that's just when we had our studio class so did anybody oh else gosh. dress up as anything? I just, I wore Isn't like it? a Packers sweatshirt. And that was like my big thing. I'm like football fan. I love that. Amy, what did you dress make up a as? Burn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not super into Halloween as much as I'd like to be. I think I mentioned that last week, but I dressed up as a hippie because I wanted to wear something cute in quotes. And my friend was very frustrated with me that I wasn't going to dress up. So I wore like the glasses and the bandana and I was a hippie. And then on Halloween, I went out with a friend, but I didn't feel like dressing up either. So I didn't. But last night, Halloween in New York City is crazy, bro. <laughs> I, I should have known. Man, that's a whole other podcast because that was insane. Oh, my yeah. God. The number of adults that were dressed up. <laughs> I was like, never thought about it like that. Like Halloween to me was people trick or treat in our neighborhood as children. I, this was my first time seeing trick or treating in yeah. like New York and yeah. like it's not like you go up to people's houses and go kick or treat like literally you go to the deli yeah. and the deli is like here's candy and you're like whoa or like, like people are sitting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, or like people that are... happened here too really? I was at a, a Venezuelan place and some people came and they gave out churros <laughs> I was like dang wow. this is way I better than that. one like thing of those gumdrop things what were they called dots, dots? Yeah, worst candy. Bad. Hot take, maybe. I don't know. No, no they I, were. I'm with you. I did not like dots. I liked Milky Way. I didn't. I'm not a fan of chocolate. Sorry. That's Anyways. Okay. So everyone's so. kind of stoked that Halloween's over. The um, We put up a, a poll, actually, on our Instagram, on the Foray Instagram. That was basically just like, are you excited that, um, like, when are you going to start listening to Christmas music or, like, holiday music? 
And uh, 75% of people, I think, said, like, basically right now. And yes. then and then 25% said, uh, not until Thanksgiving. And then nobody said December 1st. I was kind of surprised. Oh, my gosh. Those um, people are haters. And for a... I'm in the post-Thanksgiving camp. Really? And every year, inevitably, I'm like, man, I feel like I barely got to listen to Christmas music this yeah. year. But on yeah, principle, yeah, yeah. on principle, into the Macy's parade, <laughs> Santa comes. That's when the season arrives. That's just how it is. Yeah. That is that. When do y'all put up Christmas trees? I do it the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Well, we used to go cut ours down. So it always like, oh, yeah, depended yeah. on breaks and like whenever. Oh, they bougie. Usually December. <laughs> No, we would go to this cute farm called Stokey Farms upstate and literally cut it down. Oh, my god! We used to pick ours up at Lowe's. (laughs) (laughs) We cut ours out of the attic because it's fake. Cool. We opened the attic and cut down a Christmas tree from the attic. (laughs) Well, enough about Christmas because we're going to get there for sure. We're going to probably we're going to blow it out for holiday for the holiday season. Yes. Um, What's well, been on your my, mind, Charlie? Yeah, well, oh. I've been. Um, I was going to go next, so that's great that you asked. Thank you so much. I um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, underrepresented composers, and um, there are a lot of requirements that are uh, like that are kind of cropping up for that. And and um, at some of the places that I teach, we're we're thinking about doing some of that. I think you know, like doing some adding some requirements or recommendations or, or, or something along those lines. And so I've been just thinking about it a lot this, um, this week, just like pulling some other like college professors and stuff. It's like a very complicated topic. And, um, and a lot of people have like really strong feelings about it. Like what that, even just like what the definition of that should mean. And, um, and, uh, like who's included, who's not included and all of that kind of stuff. I, my, my basic, I have a very broad definition of it. And I like, for me, it's kind of like basically anyone who's not like me, which is like white cis male, um, is kind of like, I, I kind of think that that's probably underrepresented like in, in terms of composers, especially that are things that are done in schools, which is like a very Mm. different thing, you know, like, um, and we talked about this a little bit when there was like the new standard, like the Terry Lynn Carrington book, um, where it's like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of music that's written by uh, black composers or female composers or Asian American composers, but it's like they're not really like ex- it's not accessible. The music isn't accessible, and like the pedagogy isn't there. Like there there hasn't been like forty years of people teaching that stuff and like just kind of getting a. Um, yeah. like getting that muscle, um, grown. So like for me, I think it's important not necessarily to, I don't think we're going to like necessarily change the world by like requiring that students sing or play music by underrepresented composers, like in one fell swoop. But I do think mm-hmm. it's like an important conversation starter, even if it's kind of like, Oh, I don't like that idea. And it's like, okay, why do you, that's interesting. Like, why do you, why don't you like it? Like, why, what does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why are you reacting in this kind of way? So that's kind of, uh, like a very small little nutshell of like, um, of that topic. But, um, I think Bethany, before we were recording, you were mentioning that, that this kind of thing is kind of cropped up a little bit in your world too. You're, you're, you have some, yeah, I was, I was just talking about it with my brass quintet today. Cause we're looking into applying to the fish off, um, competition, which is the biggest, uh, competition for chamber music in the country. 
and they have a requirement, I don't know if it's new this year or last year, I think it's pretty recent, that you need to play a work by an underrepresented composer in your audition, but they specify that the composer has to be, here, let me pull it up, um, a woman, black, Hispanic, Latino, or uh, whose heritage originates from Latin America. Uh, so like, that excludes all Asian people of other East Asian or South Asian, um, and it kind of, a Latino whose heritage originates from Latin America, I guess that means they can't be, like, from, from Spain. Spain. Um, yeah, so just interesting requirements for sure. Um, and Chris, you were talking about how you think you think of someone that is an underrepresented composer needing to be not white cis male, right? I would, I mean, I would agree with that, but I also think, I mean, at least in classical music, there are so many... Um, so much of the rep we play is by white gay men that I would still, I tend to think of the, that being a very represented um, community as well. If you think of Tchaikovsky, mm. Benjamin Britten, Chopin, Bernstein, um, just especially, you know, in the arts community, especially, I, I feel like that is less of a criteria I really think about. Um, so th that was interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. And, that, and that's popped oh. up too, because it's kind of like, um, we want to avoid maybe like outing people. Like, I don't think we're worried about people that were like, born in the 1800s necessarily because yeah. they're not <laughs> around anymore but um but yeah it is kind of it, it, that is an interesting i think it, yeah it kind of maybe depends a little bit too on, on all of that but for sure yeah the uh like sexual orientation mm. um my like one thing with it is that like people only go so far like it seems to be like um, for show, like very performative most of the times because like whenever, like literally every single time, like they're like in the jazz community, they say, oh, we should do something by a black woman or like a woman and they automatically choose Mary Lou Williams. I'm not saying that Mary Lou Williams is not a goat because she is a goat, <laughs> you know, but like there are more people that you can choose from, <clears throat> you know. And I think that's what Terry was trying to show us. Like, yeah, Mary Lou Williams is a goat, mm -hmm. but there are 101 other women plus, 101 plus yeah. other women from all different types of backgrounds that can contribute to this music. I don't know. That's that's just my problem. Like, people are only looking to, oh, yeah, check that off. Like, we, and, we did the underrepresented thing. And so they, like, right. choose the most. Once again, Mary Lou Williams is a goat. It sounds like she's her represented music. well, at least well, at this point in saying, time. Yeah, right. And you're just saying it's like not organic at that point. Yeah, because it's, just, it's sort of. I mean, I don't know if really any of it is organic. It is important, I think, to like lift other voices. But I mm -hmm. guess your point is like, there's more. There, there do people, the research, yeah. make sure it's like for the right reasons, and like there's a intention and purpose behind the choice, like all these things. Right. Exactly. The vision is clear. That way you're honoring the person like well or something. Yeah. Maybe there's a better word besides yeah. well, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I think that, I think the, I think the danger is not doing anything, you know, like mm -hmm. kind of keeping yeah. status quo going because I think we can all agree that that's like not cool and like that, that a lot of change needs to happen. And if this is not the way to do it, that's okay. But there, you know, there, uh, we have to do something and we have to probably do a lot of different things at this, you know, be active in a lot of different kinds of ways. But, um, 
uh, yeah, I, it's it's fascinating. I mean, like in the like the some of the responses that we get about this, especially from like contemporary music teachers, is that like, oh, our students don't even like know the composers of these songs, anyways. Like they'll say, you know, like the, it's the kind of like performed by versus composed by, oh, and it's kind God. of like, well, let's have those conversations then. <laughs> like, yeah, what are yeah. we what are we oh, so busy doing opens... otherwise than like yeah. than talking about? Why would that, you need you know? to know the historical context that a piece was written in or anything about the composer? But that is that supposed to influence how you play things? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, that's such a can of worms. Like, I get so annoyed. Like, I think that's something that shows through so clearly when somebody doesn't understand context. I'm not saying whatever. <laughs> no, There's the so truth. many people who are like, you need to do this or that. I'm like, I'm not on that camp either. But I just feel like, really? Some people are out here with, like, no context, <laughs> you know? They're like, and yeah. this is something I've worked really hard on. And they know, like, literally nothing about where it came from, where it's going, <laughs> who wrote it, what it is. They're like, check well, out like that. Three, three or four riff. times a week, I'm, three or four times a week, I'm like, well, you know this is, like, a Stevie Wonder song, right? And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> like, no. This is, like, a like, cover like, of this thing, or this is, like, a, yeah. <laughs> Ew. It's funny. Anyways, that yeah, that's it. That's another big can of worms. But um, but yeah, yeah, probably probably more on this. I'll probably write something about this and um, as I continue to develop my thoughts. But but yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. Um, Allie, what have you been thinking about oh this my week? Gosh, What's new this for you? Is so like not as heavy, but <laughs> neither is okay. I talked about <laughs> Halloween costumes, so I think you're good. Uh, the Steve Lacey. Um, I don't know. Okay, so y'all, sometimes I'm on TikTok. I'm on the Tiki Talk. And this thing with Steve Lacey has gone viral that he's like not like nice. And I just, I beg to differ. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Like this, the context is there. I mean, there are two incidences that I know about. One, there is a little bit of silence during just like, you know, run in the middle, like everybody's ready, anticipating the next song. And one girl shouts, can you say hi to my mom? And he's like, can you be quiet? She was facing and starts right? singing. She I think walked into that one. I'm just saying. Like, I, I'm just like you can't. You paid to see a show and see this man perform, and you want him to say hi to your mom like during the performance. Like, you think that's cool? Like, just yeah. When you like, and then another instance. <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> and then there's another instance where people were throwing stuff on the stage. He said. Stop throwing stuff on the stage. And then some, I think, person, like, was about to throw their camera. And, like, or he's, like, give me that camera. And he, like, threw it on the ground. You can't say, like, the retaliation part is rude. I guess if you're actually retaliating. But, like, if someone is rude to you and you are short back to them, kind of in defense. Yeah. I just. I feel like that's, like, kind of out to be, like, well, <laughs> he's rude. <laughs> it's just, like, a different. Like, for me, it's, like, a different generation of, like, concert etiquette maybe yeah. you know i i don't know i i think at every concert there is like a, a way to act i would never yell can you say hi to my mom during a concert like that's not you didn't pay to go yeah do that and the artist is not performing so that they can say hi to your mom like yeah you didn't get a vip ticket <laughs> bro like save that for the signing yeah yeah i feel like it depends i mean concert etiquette definitely depends on where you are. There are certain things like that, like don't yell in the middle of it that are pretty much applied to every concert situation, I feel like. But at least here at Northwestern, all the trombones 
like after, while you know you're applauding for the brass, the low brass, they you know the conductor tells them to stand. They'll do a Chewbacca noise, like all of them in the audience, like a. <laughs> I can't roll my eyes. So that was kind of my approximation. <laughs> Every time without fail, it's been a tradition in the studio. I don't even know how many years. But that. then the, someone, one of them went to the to the Chicago Symphony. This was a couple years ago, and did that when their teacher like stood up at the end or something like that. And Muti, I think it was, or you know whoever was conducting, like turns around and like stares. You know, was looking and then that person i think got a talking to the next time uh oh my they were gosh. the professor saw them that's like I, I feel like some of those details were wrong but that's the gist just, <laughs> just funny it's like, you know maybe it's not definitely read the room yeah yes read the room like yeah that just upset me that people are like attacking this man's personality or like his character. Ca- yeah his character as a human and like he's someone oh my gosh Someone put, I took a screenshot of this. Let me not misquote them. Receipts. They said Steve Lacey being super rude to fans while also having the most mid music to exist. What? <laughs> the most mid music? That's gnarly. Oh my gosh. Who are, who are you, my friend? Anyways, I got riled up when I saw that. I was so mad. Who are you who is not even an artist to critique somebody like to say you like you think that 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 you're that important to comment on this? What are where is this main character energy coming from? Where it's like is all this the stuff with Lizzo and the crystal flute that was James Madison's or whatever. And everyone's like, why is she allowed to, you know, play that? She's 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 not qualified. It's like, who are you to say that? And also, oh, she literally that. studied at college, like music. Yes. She's- <laughs> I don't understand people. <laughs> the people audacity. Just, yeah, the say. worst sometimes. The the audacity. Okay, I'm done. I'm gonna get so I need to I need to calm down. <laughs> okay. While Allie's calming down, Amy, what's new for you this week? Here is a soothing topic <laughs> for us all. Um, I started taking piano lessons. I've only taken one so far. Yes. But it went really well. And I I just Maybe this is like a heavier um, umbrella topic, but just I've been needing like to pick a path because I sort of feel like I'm like in front of a forest and it's like really big and I'm kind of like overwhelmed by it, which to me is like the metaphor for like my entire career or something like my entire life. And uh, I know I've like picked a path by like moving to a city, having a job, this type of thing, but it's just been helpful to like try to make some specific shorter term choices in music of like how to be spending my time. So one of them was taking piano lessons. I've been practicing my diminished voicings, my half diminished voicings. <laughs> and it's kind of fun like to revisit stuff because the way that the piano curriculum was like, I didn't have really the theory chops together to then be able to kind of just like get the muscle memory. Like it was already a mind puzzle for me to even like, get to the voicing so now that i feel more like in the groove it's been pretty easy to practice and now it's just kind of like getting it into my fingers um and i've been like playing piano like very regularly since the beginning of college and i did take lessons when i was little but my point is now i'm like in a different space so it's cool to kind of revisit the the nitty-gritty when i actually feel like i can sort of like build something with it so love that that's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, just staring at a forest. Yep. I really do feel that way. 
Anybody else? Do you feel that way? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm just like I have a like a blindfold on. <laughs> oh yeah, right Sam. <laughs> Alex yeah. came home. Take it day by day. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying, but like Alex came home from a trip, and I was like, and then I was thinking about this other thing, and like I'm just like, and I was saying all of these like huge realizations, and she was like, <laughs> loving and listened. Anyway, wow. Oh yeah, I Do remember that. that now? Then she goes, yeah, I don't remember like what I just said. Like my brain's not really here right now. <laughs> Yeah, what a great listener <laughs> <laughs> no but but i felt listened to so no i did listen i just you couldn't did. i couldn't we I just construct sentences it was too much it was too much anyway <clears throat> day at a time one day at a time yeah um okay cool well uh why don't we hop into this week's newsletter So our newsletter this week uh, was titled Every Day I Will. Um, and our first A was um, written by Allie, and that's uh, for Chadwick. So what's this about, Allie? Chadwick. So as we all know, the new Black Panther Wakanda Forever is coming out, I think, in 10 days. And um, highly anticipated movie. I don't know if y'all saw the first one, but yes, in I theaters. S- same. I saw it three times in theaters. I cried all three times. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, whatever. Anyway, so everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Rihanna like left music. When is she gonna drop something?" And Rihanna dropped a single, "Lift Me Up," and it's gonna be. It's her first release since her 2016 release, um, Anti, um, which we all love. Yeah. Um, but she was, she, they had like a um, uh, interview. That's what it's called. Uh-huh. And she said she only did this for Chad. Like, this is for him. And she's doing it because he was continuously giving to his community. And she felt this was her way of giving back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's a beautiful way to like come out of or come back or return to her, um, music. And I don't know. I love Rihanna. I love that. I think this came out a good time for her because she's a, like the premise behind the movie now is like this is not a spoiler alert because everyone knows. But like in the, the movie uh, Chadwick's sister, I forgot her name, T'Challa's sister. Um, she's now the Black Panther. And so like now it's just like oh to like black feminism, which I think is super cool and like being a mother and how, you know, T'Challa's mother plays a big role in this. And Rihanna is now a mother. And I think Rihanna is a beautiful symbol of black feminism because she's literally a self-made billionaire. She's like had two careers, one in music or three careers, one in music, one in makeup, one in like clothing. She's like doing it all. Um, but yeah, I think Everyone should go listen to Lift Me Up. It's, I think, one of the best comebacks to music. She didn't have to put out a banger. She was just like, yeah, I'm going to put out earlier. this. When you yeah. were listening to it, like, it's not, but I have my money. Yeah. You know, it's like pretty, <laughs> not that that's not vulnerable in its own right. I don't know. No, but it's like more, it's like more of like a vulnerable take, like, yeah. on what music can be. You know? Yeah, it's just like Rihanna Raw. Yeah. I, I loved that. Um so yeah, I think I don't know. I think that was her beautiful return to music. Rihanna is back in music. 
Welcome back, Rihanna. I, I played this. Um, I actually played this song in a voice lesson today with one of my students. Like oh. the, the, I was like, "What do you want to sing?" And they're like, "Well, there's this new Rihanna song." I was like, "I know about it." And they were like, do you, "Can we? Can I sing it?" And I was like, "Yes." And so we like we figured it out and played it and stuff. It's actually a great song for voice lessons because it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really only three chords in like slightly different uh, like configurations. It's like a two five one basically <laughs> in the key of A, <laughs> and um, and. And like singing wise, there's like some stuff in it because she like flips up, flips up into her head voice like later in the song. There's like some runny stuff, but then there's like some like thicker, lower chest voicey stuff, like belty stuff. So it's like technically there's like cool things that are like really straightforward that, to like pick out. And, um, and it's a song you can I was like singing harm the harmony parts and stuff like when it came yeah. to that part because it's like those are kind of easy to and fun and like they feel really good. So it's kind of cool like talking about underrepresented composer. Um, you can add this to your books. <laughs> add this oh, to your, yeah. Add and she co-wrote it with basically. another woman, I think. Thames. Oh. We know Thames. I don't. Thames is I've cool. heard the name, but yeah. Yeah, but super cool song. Looking forward to yeah, the movie. Yeah, super cool. Cool. And then, Bethany, mm -hmm. you wrote about uh, the new digital performing arts platform uh, called Stage Time that officially launched. I so tell did. us all about that. Um. So, where to begin? I do a disclaimer up front. I, I'm not really. I guess I'm kind of biased. I do some work for Stage Time as a college ambassador, which basically just means I like promote it on my campus, kind of thing. You know, help people sign up, that kind of thing. But I honestly, it's pretty minimal, and <laughs> I only applied for it because I thought the concept was so cool, and I thought it had a lot of potential. So basically, it's kind of. I feel like the easiest way to describe it is like a LinkedIn that's specifically geared for performers, whether that, you know, whether that you're an arts admin person, you're an actor, you're a singer, et cetera. It was founded by an opera singer slash web designer, and she was designing a ton of websites every year um, for her colleagues and stuff, and just kind of realized, what if we just had one centralized place where people could have something equivalent to a website that's free, so it's accessible to everyone, um, and then but they're all kind of interconnected. And so that's why she founded Stage Time. And basically it lets you kind of create what is in basically a, min a mini, less, uh, mini lesson, mini website. So you can up upload, you know, headshots, you have a profile picture, uh, your bio, a shortened one in a longer one, resume, CV, videos of you playing, audio clips of you playing, and then you can connect with other people you know that you've collaborated with. And there's like a short feed. It's nothing, it's definitely not an endless scroll, but if someone you're connected with adds a performance to their schedule, oh, that's something you can put too, is like your upcoming performances. It'll show up on your feed. Um, so it's a way to kind of keep track of everyone's, all of your friends' performances, and also have all of your professional materials kind of in one spot. So if someone we're looking for a trumpet player in Evanston. They could put in Evanston, Illinois, comma, trumpet, and a list of all the trumpeters in the area would come up. They could look at those accounts, and if they saw something they liked, they could message them. Um, so it has implications for contractors in that way. And I know I definitely, people will be like, hey, do you, I, I went to IU for undergrads. So like, do you know any violinists still at Indiana? I need someone for a gig, like blah, blah, blah. And I can give them a list of people I might know at work and be like, whoa, you could type in Bloomington, Indiana, violin and stage time and, you know, come to your own conclusions. And I also like it just because I get so many random requests on Facebook from brass players all over the world, mostly men, 
that I have no idea who they are and just having to weigh the, oh, but what if some professional opportunity could come out of this versus what if they're a creep and I don't know them, I don't really want them to have access to my personal info. So kind of separating the professional aspect from the personal and the, I mean, from an equity perspective too, um, one of the other people that works there kind of wrote a blog post detailing this, but just the fact that with the gig economy, it's so much about what you, or who you know, where you went to school, you know, if you went to a great school um, and you know people from that, that really helps you with gigs, get getting gigs. And oftentimes to go to a great school, many conservatories are expensive, don't have a lot of scholarship. Um, and just to get go to your instrument in high school anyway, you have to have money to take lessons, get a good instrument, everything clearly, you know, people that are have more money are more favored in that environment to be able to go to a good school and make great connections. But there's still amazing musicians that go to places that aren't, you know, Juilliard or, you know, that's the most mm. extreme example. But to have a platform where everyone could be equally represented and someone could peruse everyone's things. Yeah, level the playing field. Yeah, exactly. And they have, um, they've been giving out audition travel stipends um, that you can apply for. So they're trying to level the playing field in that way. And they're going to have a job board, I think, in the future is something they're working on. And I I think this would be really cool. You know, when you apply to a music festival like Aspen or Tanglewood or whatever, it asks for your info, like upload your resume, upload your bio, upload blah, 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 blah. What if they could just be like, put your stage time link here, you know, and be like, it needs all these things, but a centralized process that would just kind of streamline everything. I think it has potential for that too. So I'm excited to see where it goes. It raised over one and a half million dollars of capital and they're like fundraising stage. It's been in development for a couple of years. It launched maybe about a month ago officially. And it's got, you know, over 6,000 users. That was the number a week or two ago. I'm sure it's gone up since, but yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. So I thought I would share that just because I do think it's a really cool concept and I could see it taking off in a big way. Yeah. Bethany like FaceTime me. She's like, can you sign up? I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I want to sign up. It's pretty cool, actually. And you can like, Bethany's is really, I think she posted it on the Substack. So check out the Substack did, if you want to yeah. see a really good profile. It's you can, beautifully like, designed too. You can tell yeah, the founders like, are like a web designer. The aesthetic part, you can make it your own aesthetic and like upload your own pictures. And like, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, and then I was able to look up people like from UM or from Berkeley or like other jazz vocalists in the area, like see who I could like, you know, just connect with. And it was honestly a good time. I was having fun. I'm, I'm excited for it too, to like grow more so that it can really start. I think it has potential to connect like all artists. And not it be like a competitive energy, you know what I mean? It's no, like definitely a networking thing. Yeah, like here's opportunities that we all can like choose from now. Now we we don't feel like there's um, just a special like VIP entrance for this gig mm-hmm. opportunity. Now it's like, oh yeah, now it's like you know we can all eat. It does prioritize professionalism too. I like that. Yeah, because that's definitely something I've like just been weighing in terms of. Like making your social media a professional place, but also maybe a personal place and then where that line is and all those things. Mm. And and as cool as it is to get opportunities because of like friendships that you make, I think it's also valid and and equally cool to have sort of like this more professionally based, uh, you know, like opportunity where 
maybe it's not, maybe you didn't know them until you connected professionally, but then it could be like a really cool opportunity. For sure. And if you can't afford a website, it's a great substitute. And they're working on something where you can put in a domain. I don't think it's launched yet, but where you can put in a domain name and it'll redirect to your stage time. So I could, you know, make it, if I want, if someone types in www.bethanytrumpet, it will auto direct to my stage time profile. That's That's amazing. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. But once it, I feel like once enough people, once it becomes mainstream enough and like everyone gets on there, it could totally change be a game changer in a lot of ways so i'm yeah i'm trying to get it to that point so because <laughs> no more creepy old man <laughs> brass player facebook requests oh, you're not absolutely. old Charlie. <laughs> i am so creepy though i'm incredibly no, creepy Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> I, um uh, we actually wrote about stage time on september 6th in our news really yeah, we yeah. Ta- we um we highlighted the the post by uh, Sarah Kim, which you just referenced yeah. about the one of um, my colleagues about equity. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I think this is a great idea. And like you said, like the cost of of um, so like I think like ninety five percent of a cost of a website is is like you know the having it be having it be published somewhere, like sitting on a server somewhere, you know. And so like mm-hmm. a domain is like really cheap. You know, yeah. you can get yeah. your do- domain for 10 years and it could cost you under $100 or something to reserve your domain. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. And I'm all for, like, a non-monetized, like, positive sort of, like, social network. I think, especially with what's happening with Twitter right now. <laughs> I know probably <laughs> none of you are on Twitter, but, like, rough times for Twitter. Um, yeah, rough times yeah, for Elon, Elon Musk. But that's a, but he's but it's just rough times on Twitter right now. So it's like a lot of people are jumping ship. Um, so this is great. Thanks for highlighting it. Yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like I had one other thing to say, but now I forgot because I got excited that we had written about. It. I was like, wait, that sounds so. That seems like a, a dream I had. It's like, nope, <laughs> it was two months ago. It's like two months ago. <laughs> um, cool. And um, Amy, there was a. We're going to talk about new releases in a minute, but there was like yes. one very special, very yeah. explosive release that came out in the last like uh, maybe less than a week ago. Was it last Thursday yeah. or something? The tw- or last oh, Wednesday. Man. I should probably know that. I don't know. It happened very <laughs> recently. I had stu- a lot of my students were like staying up and they like yeah. set an alarm for, for midnight and then they set an alarm for 3 a.m., Man, Taylor Swift, everybody. Well, that's like one of the most interesting things. So first of all, just say so Taylor Swift released an album um, and she she called she deemed it a concept album. Sorry, Swifties are going to be like, you don't know. Yeah, we're Um, about to get totally like lit on fire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it becomes, though, the first album in history to occupy the entire top 13 on U.S. Spotify charts for an entire week. Crazy. Which is insanity. Like. I do think it's super interesting how like marketing can make such a big difference for artists, regardless of like what the art is. But somebody like Taylor is really cool to me because she has been relevant for to her fans and to not her fans like for so long since I looked it up and it was like, I think it said 2000, like four or five, six was when she kind of like hit the scene. Um, But so I just think that's like, that's a feat because that is, like she has grown 
this fan base for so many years. And those are like real people listening to an artist that they are obsessed with. Yes. And I don't want to like, <laughs> man, I think Taylor Swift's cool. I'm not a Swifty. I can't claim to be and I never will be like, I'm not somebody that's like, and then she said this on this date. But like, just the way she's carried her career has like, has sort of maintained her this super dedicated, excited audience that's like so invested in the way that she presents her artistry. And so I think it's like a really dope, it's a, like a really dope thing that she, I just, that's so cool. All, all of her songs in the top like spots. That's so cool. That's crazy. And she keeps so pivoting people, genres too. She's like done it yes, all. Yes. yes. I was thinking about that too. She's just evolved through, through so much. Yeah. Through genre shifts, through like different, focuses of the of like the the mainstream music crazy. yeah and she's just kind of like done it like grown up that's kind of cool yeah she's evolved yeah and you everything. talk about the marketing thing it's like the on her website it had like the big countdown you know what i mean like even now it's like the countdown but it's just like all zero <laughs> and it's just I love that. it's like almost like apple you know it's like the she's kind of like the apple of music or something in a way where it's just like the it's like the this is when it releases you know like this is the date and everyone like lines yeah. up outside the apple store and like yeah, one of my friends like, was yeah. literally in line for like a pre-sale it was like it was like a pre-pre-sale oh type of vibe yeah. like she's like yeah i gotta wait because I want to go see her on tour. Well, she's also she, yeah, she on just tour. released all of her tour information. I think like yeah. to, yes, today or yesterday or something. She hasn't been on tour in like four years, right? Since 2018. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's like, okay. I'm so like, stuck okay, on her having a website. Something about that <laughs> to me just like Taylor Swift has a website. Like, yeah, I guess people have to know when she's going on tour. But like everybody just knows stuff about her. You know, she's constantly covered in the news yeah. and stuff. I was like, what does she need a website yeah. for? But <laughs> Yeah, she should just be on stage time. Yeah, that's Doesn't exactly she, you know, she could save Taylor? so much money. The, um, <laughs> I think <laughs> we were talking about that with like PJ Morton last week, right? Or, yes. or two weeks oh ago gosh. where it's like PJ Morton, like his website is like very, <laughs> very basic. So bad. The Taylor Swift <laughs> website is like, it is like going, like it is like a, it's like a product, you know, like she's like it's giving, deluxe. I don't know. But like people were making jokes at the beginning of this week that it was like, okay, I need to like liquidate some stuff so I can buy Taylor Swift tickets. You know, it's like I need to sell some stock or something. Oh I asked gosh. one of my students that today. I was like, are you going to sell stock? Because she was like talking about buying tickets. She's like, no, but my dad will. And I was like, okay. Like, we're going to sell Dogecoin. <laughs> Dogecoin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We get some oh Bitcoin gosh. going on. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, this is crazy. I but but we, I sh it's crazy though too because she is dominating like the Billboard and Spotify charts and stuff. But I wouldn't say that like I don't I don't I would say the m majority of people I've talked to don't really like this new album, um, like musically and lyrically. Um, even like Taylor Swift, like Taylor Swift fans and like some people I know are like huge huge Taylor Swift fans, like stayed up and all that kind of stuff. Some of them have kind of been crickets since the album came out. You know what I mean? Like they they were like, "Oh my god, it's coming! It's coming! I'm so excited! I'm so excited!" And then it kind of came out, and it's just like, mm -hmm. "I'm going on vacation," you know, or whatever the kind of thing. Is, so. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta be honest. When albums drop like this, I always want to check. The, I haven't listened to it yet. I've seen like the clips or heard the clips, the sound bites that are mm -hmm. going viral on TikTok and stuff. But I always 
maybe this is dramatic, but I like to have space for it so I can actually like think about it and like listen to it. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting, like to look forward to something so much and then. Uh, that's how I was with the Kendrick album. Really? I was like the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna listen. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of listen. underwhelmed with the new Kendrick thing. I mean, there were yeah. some parts of it that I liked, but mm. but then I I was also like that for the Beyonce album. Ah, uh. and I was third. Some people hate it. They're like, Beyonce is mid. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then um, I listened oh, to that album. Steve and I was Lacey. like, <laughs> yes, Steve. And I was like, dang, this is. I like this album. But Some music like grows on you too. That's always That's fascinating true. to me. That is true. But you I think it it's enough. cool too that her, as much as she does market herself, like she, maybe this is shady of me, but sometimes I see things marketed that at least don't feel as authentic to me. I think that her artistry is like pretty authentic to who she wants to be as an artist. It's not like some industry like pushed yeah you know yeah. whatever so i think that's dope like yeah interesting I'll, i'm on her website right now um Ooh. sorry i was wow but mm. and i'm not a swifty by any means you know i've tracked the general progression and whatnot and, you know genre shifting and you know some people are like well she's selling out by going pop and everything but and then returning to you know when she, she go, went all folksy with um folklore what are they, folklore yeah and the other one see i'm clearly know what i'm talking about um <laughs> You know, like You're somehow that website. was more authentic. <laughs> it's true. Well, I'm looking, you know, so Midnight's available now and there's four different versions of cover art and like disc design. And it's like collect all four editions, you know, they've got it for vinyl and for a CD and just that kind of thing. It's like, that's clearly a money grab, you know, like oh, it's the exact same content. And she <laughs> she's already so rich and famous. Mm. I'm just like... That just is kind of weird to me. It's like, why does she feel the need to... Maybe she really just wants to satisfy her fans and she knows some people are collectors and like having more stuff. I don't know. Who, um, who buys CDs? I've noticed more artists are doing that, though, just having something physical because it's... Because for them, it like, it's... It makes you... Makes feel money. Tangible. Oh. It's like It's like one of the... But I don't know. I'm down for CDs, but there's not a lot of easy ways to like listen to CDs. I liked, um, except like, the way that you do. But you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Relax. CD Charlie. players. It's impossible to find those these days. No, but yeah, you know not what I'm even saying. in cars. Or- archaic. <laughs> that is true. Just, I mean, it takes a little extra effort. Is all. We have a record you, player. You can find record players more than you can find CD players. I know. Yeah, that's are- such a switch. Yeah. Vintage. Because yeah, records sound so much better and warmer, I so I hear. I don't know <laughs> how much I buy into that, but I mean, with the Crossley record player, I don't think you're gonna get the warmth that you want. This <laughs> is not a hi-fi <laughs> situation. But then all these artists now release stuff on vinyl. It's like, yeah, let me pay fifty bucks for this album on vinyl when I could get the CD for max twenty, or just listen, you know, pay a dollar for a song I want on iTunes, or just have a Spotify subscription and not pay anything like. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, Charlie, your record player is so nice. I'd rather listen to something on your record player. Yeah. <laughs> I have a nice <laughs> record player. I think, you know, there, there is something to kind of like a collecting of, of that kind of thing. And I think like, um, you know, in, the dig- in this kind of like postmodern digital world, like the things we collect seem, uh, everything that's digital also kind of feels so worthless to us, I think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's just like, who knows? 
who knows if it's going to be around in 10 like there's a there's a scenario in which which is a, a phrase i get teased about a lot saying but there's a scenario in which in 10 years like spotify isn't around anymore you know or yeah or whatever you know all these like sweet playlists you made to share with your friends are are gone you know like it happened for me on MySpace. <laughs> like when yeah, I was in New wow. York in grad school, it was kind of like what stage time is now or some of those things were, it was like what MySpace was. It was like you had, you could like put your tracks up on it. Um, you could like have, you had like connections and all this kind of stuff. Um, and you would message other people and like you could, you could actually get like gigs and work through it. And then it was just gone. You know, it's like you, I spent hours and hours and hours like making my MySpace page like look really cool. And I know right now I, I sound like I'm like, whatever. Like ben Franklin. No. It was like, I made a great kite and I was just running around with my kite. It was awesome. Everyone loved me. Um, but yeah, it's like, we just don't know. And like, we we're I think we're, it's much more likely that like vinyl is going to be around in 20 years than Spotify, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Definitely. Um, to think, I, but only got Spotify this year. I had like for, I mean, ever since streaming became a thing, partly on principle, just didn't do it. Cause I was like, they pay the artist crap. I like owning my music. I would always buy everything on Apple or like just from the iTunes, the yeah. iTunes store and everyone thought I was crazy. And I finally caved this year and did it. But I like understand the appeal of wanting to just tangibly have it, except that it was still digital, you know? So it's not exactly tangible. It could still, Apple could be gone, you know, and who knows if you're getting extreme with it, but probably not. Yeah. But I like yeah. that idea that um, I think like Biophilia and like Maria Schneider did it. They like mm. give you a nice piece of work. Oh, yes. But it's a I it's a Maria's. QR code. But it's she a, also had a, like this whole like it's like a paneled. piece of art. Yeah, yeah. It's like you open it up yep. and it's like this yeah. whole it's an experience. But instead of like a CD, you get like a code or something that you can then mm. download the album onto. Well, the That's point cool. the point yeah. that she's already so that Taylor Swift is already so like monetarily successful is like completely fair. I think also though that like doing something physical represents maybe something to smaller artists where they could like kind of have something yeah. to sell or to advertise themselves that is like physical and maybe either gives them a different monetary thing or like represents them in it maybe a, like a different way than just like oh stream me you know and then taylor just kind of has like all of it she gets like the streams and now she has like on her website all the of merch. these it's just interesting maybe she has like older listeners and they have cd players maybe or they have young list you know people <laughs> try to be young and hip they're like oh yeah i'm gonna walk around with my like you know, headphones and have my CD player from 1997 and I'm going to be cool. And I'm wearing my, anyways, let me stop. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're going to have Walkmans again. You're reminding we'll be having me cassette my sister. Tapes. She's like, I knew AirPods weren't here to stay. And now I was right. I don't sound like my sister right now, but <laughs> she just has been commenting on how people are wearing wired earbuds again. Anyway. Are they? Uh, I in New York, I've actually noticed it. She goes to art school too, so that might be like a subset. Of <laughs> There's definitely a girl in my trumpet studio here that wears like the cheapest, you know, styrofoam pads, look very analog, you know, wired. Yeah. But it's part of her aesthetic, you know, kind of Love alt. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's trying to. Anyways, 
I mean, you can go that. places and people will buy, like, people are selling cassettes, like, cassette tapes, you know, of their, of yeah. their music and everything. So, I, you know, I don't know. The AirPods, which we're all wearing right now, are, <laughs> <laughs> are, are I think they're kind all the pros, like, too. Yeah. And, like, this is, like, a, it's like, Apple, I think, if you're listening, I, endorse, endorse us. Endorse us, yeah. I, but I think AirPods now are, like, a third or a quarter or something of all of Apple's revenue. Like, it's, really? like, it's wow. huge. Yeah. Because you and, keep on losing the dang left AirPod. <laughs> <laughs> I did for a whole year, and then my roommate found it under my bed. <laughs> I have to buy a new one. And here they are. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Okay, let's move on. We you have check under your bed. I feel like that's the first place you should look. <laughs> I, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> no, I gave up though. It was the time they were in my like... ear the whole time. They just powered down. Um, it was like we were okay. moving out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had other new music besides just the Taylor Swift thing, which obviously dominated. There's some other things that did not dominate so hard this week, but that were maybe kind of I thought were kind of interesting and worth mentioning. The first one is by a Guatemalan cellist and uh, composer and singer and producer named Mab F- uh, Frati or Mab, F- yeah, Mab Frati. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I also think I misspelled it, so I need to update that in the thing. <laughs> two um, for two. Two for two. So I'm winning the game. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if anybody else had a chance to listen to this, but um, uh, two weeks ago we talked about like <laughs> the um, – the timeline of like African-American music that, that, uh, that Carnegie Hall put out and how like avant-garde jazz or something or like avant-garde had like ended in the seventies. And, um, this album is very avant-garde. So this is for people that want to have some kind of weird sounds. There's like combos of like just cello things and like weird sort of vocal sounds and then like a lot of electronic kind of stuff, but it's very cool. And, um, there's some like very cool moments. There's obviously like some very, there's definitely some very like crunchy moments in it, but there are some very cool moments, like very pretty moments. Um, the next thing is uh, uh, Laughing So Hard It Hurts from Mavi. Does anybody, do we know about Mavi at all? Am no. I saying that right at all? No. I'd never heard of um, Mavi either. And uh it's very cool. I really dig this album. I actually like this album. We were kind of just talking about Kendrick and some other thing, like some other uh, like hip hop albums and stuff that came out this year. Like I actually like this better than that, maybe. Really? Maybe than the new Kendrick. I like. I like the production on this record. Actually, I, I took a listen. Yeah. I think the beats are kind of cool. Yeah, I, and it's kind of um, yeah. I I think like so I read some. I read that like someone described like his rapping is like kind of very conversational or something like it's kind of like low key, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's how you felt about it. Allie. Conversational? Was he talking no. to you? <laughs> I, I said I had to be in a specific mood to listen oh, to this that song. Was, oh, I heard some of this from the other to room. This record. I was like, oh. I have to be in a very specific mood, but I think it is well, conversational. It, it's like, it's like we uh, were saying how it's sort of like the type of music that's like, it happens and it's just kind of like happening. Do you know what I'm it's saying? It's kind of happening. Yeah. You know what I'm. Anyways. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what you're saying, but. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know what I'm saying, but like, it sort of just is. Like, maybe it's not. It doesn't do this. This is an audio medium. What am I doing? There's it's kind not of chill. Yeah. Rise and fall. It's sort of just like we're chilling here. I kind of feel that way about like the Mac Miller stuff, or at least some of the mm. Mac Miller stuff, and I like that. It just is kind of like goes. Some some hip hop stuff, it 
it I can tell that it's like cool and it's good and I like it, but it just is kind of like it can be kind of aggressive or something, you know. Mm. I any any I guess any music can be like that. Like definitely every kind mm-hmm. of style of music. But a lot of the things that have come out recently that I've been like, oh, this is cool. Some of the things that we've talked about in past uh, newsletters, I was like, oh, this is cool, but like this is like a lot. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I kind of felt that way about that the newer Beyonce album too. Like mm-hmm. it was just like the energy. It was just like a lot of like, oh. it, just hit, it just hit hard a lot. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this like at 8 a.m. driving to Boston. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the the album of these that I know the best is this um, the new album from Planes, which is uh, which is a duo, um, and the album Walk is called "I Walked with You a Ways" from Wak Waxahachie's. Waxahachie. Is yeah. that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's in Texas. Oh, so it's like hey, a Texas, Texas. thing. <laughs> hey Texas, shout out Texas. Um, this ca- actually came out at the end of September, but we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. And um, it's really cool. It's definitely like very, it's a kind of more country-ish vibes. It's like the folky, kind of indie folky stuff that I like, but it's like definitely more country vocally kind of like tone, tonally. But um, but I like this and it was cool. And it's like, I think it's a really good vibe for uh, fall, like kind of the general fall not the halloween fall or the thanksgiving fall but just the fall so this was like a little bit more of my 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 speed um too so that was cool and then uh, obviously taylor swift uh, had a new album out so so that's in, that's in the new music out i feel like i kind of blew it i was thinking about this today i, I feel like <laughs> i just kind of blew it in just talking about it because i don't think i made any of those sound interesting they're all totally worth checking out and i think probably for different people <laughs> they'll be cool but um but I would say I was thinking about this today. Like, I have a lot of other friends that are always like, uh, you know, and I have students that are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. And then I have my friends that are like in our 30s or 20s or 40s. And it's like, I, I'm kind of like, is there anything new that came out that you liked? And everyone's kind of like, eh, I don't know. I don't really listen to like that much new stuff, you know, or it's just like hard to keep up with things. That's kind of like why we're doing this a little bit. But also, mm-hmm. I kind of feel that like, it takes me a while. I mean, I think, Ali, you were kind of saying this too, where it's like, it just takes me a while to kind of like, like get to get to a place with an album where I've kind of like actually listened to it, you know, like a, like an album, like not just like a single or something. And, um, and so it's actually been kind of like a challenge to like keep up with new stuff that's coming out and then like actually listen to it and like actually try to like check it out and like kind of understand a little bit of like what's happening or where it's coming from and all of that kind of stuff. Even just from a, even just like a, like a snapshot, like an initial impression. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard. And I feel myself wanting to be like, let me just go back to that Keith Jarrett album I like, or like, let me just go back and listen Mm -hmm. to like that Bon Iver album or something. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but there is, there is something to this, like kind of trying to, uh, like try to keep, current stuff kind of happening in your life like musically in any in any sort of art thing you know i think it takes a certain sort of mental space so yes absolutely great well that's in that's <laughs> yeah, basically the again. newsletter you did it, Charlie. 
Thanks. I did it. I did it again. The, um, so <laughs> the last little bit of our newsletter this week, the extra credit was the 30-day challenge this. from Austin Cleon, who is the author of Steal Like an Artist and Show Like Show Your Work and all that kind of stuff. I thought this was a cute little like um, PDF that he emailed out this morning to to people that are on his Substack newsletter. Um, but it's just the 30-day challenge. There's like a little box with like 30 boxes in it, like a little calendar. And it says, every day I will blank. And then after you do that thing on that day, you make a little check. And then it says, after 30 days, I get a taco dinner, my life back, a pony, and then whatever else you want to put in the thing. But this general idea, I think, is is really cool and really important. And the quote that he had um, was that... Basically, his advice to people who want to do something creative or like want to make something um, that they're maybe having trouble with making or that they haven't made yet is try sitting down in the same place at the same time for the same amount of time every day and see what happens. Mm. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like do a thing and like do it great and like whatever, make a masterpiece. But really the hardest thing and the thing that most of us don't do as well is just like sit down and do stuff. Like yeah. do like just kind of like chip away at it, and be consistent. Being consistent is hard. Yeah. I think there's a book called Atomic Habits true. that kind of gets into that. And like, well, I mean, with the check mark, checking something off. One, having a physical like, you, you know, having something physical where it looks like we can see the progress that we're making through makes us more likely to do it. And also just the importance of you know if you're trying to get yourself to run a 5K or something, just go on a run every day, even if you're just it's just around the block. Don't let yourself not do it at all or feel like it has to be some, you know, sub five mile time or, you know, something crazy. Just do it, you know, and put on your workout clothes because then you're more likely to actually go even, you know, just have like things like that part of the routine. So that's interesting. Um, that's just what that made me think of. That was my one of my winter break reads that I have not been entirely successful at implementing, but here we are almost a year later. It's fine. We try. It's fine. Yeah, I actually listened to that on tape over oh. the summer too, <laughs> that book. I mean, another part of this too is like having, giving yourself like a little present, you know? And I think like, yeah. it's funny to me because it's like, even if I'm like, well, I was going to have tacos anyways. It's like, if I say to myself like, no, you're yes. definitely going to get tacos and you're going to feel good about it or whatever that is, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, you're going to, um, you can buy a new book or something or whatever that is. you're going to give it a little present. And it's like, I was going to do that anyways. Cause I'm a, like a just unabashed capitalist, <laughs> the consumer, <laughs> like I'm, I was going to buy a bunch of crap anyways, but it's like, oh no, I get, I get it. And I, I, I don't feel this. bad about it at all. It was like my little gift. And I did yeah. like my little present for doing that. this thing. I feel that. Oh, this, this is totally off topic, but I'm notorious for going to all the stores, finding stuff I like, getting to the checkout line, going back and not buying it and leaving after three hours of shopping for no. no, with nothing. But <laughs> if I, I feel because I'm so indecisive about oh. spending money. That happens. Yeah, I get that. I thought you were about to say you do that and then find it online for cheaper and like leave yeah. oh. the physical thing. <laughs> Oh, no, but this seems like a great thing. Like, every day I will blah, blah, blah. And then I can go to that three hours shopping and, like, yeah. not, you know, like, this. Well, I did this. It's a very human thing, too. Like, I do this with when I work with uh, younger kids at camp or nannying or anything like that. Like, it's so – it works to ask them to do something. You know, you get, like, a star and then you get a prize. Because it's, like, you get recognition for, like, working hard and doing yeah. it. And I mentioned to my mom, I didn't know if like the older kids would be into it. And she was like, well, 
I mean, I did that once I was into it, you know, like she, she had done like a workout thing in that sort of way. And it was helpful. I think it's just like a human thing. Like, yeah. feeling like rewarded. What, efficacy, is that the word? Like feeling like you can do things. I don't know. Psych. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So that's the newsletter. So yeah, you can print out that little PDF or go to the, go to his website and, and get it there. I but, um, Amy, yeah. do you want to, that's our newsletter. Ba, 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 ba. Amy, do you want to, do you want to read us out this week? That I do. Thank you for listening everyone and supporting for a music. Remember, please remember to like, and subscribe. Um, and just to note that if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it does help us out a lot, and we will highlight you in next week's <laughs> podcast. Um, for more, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at 4A Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4AMusic.substack.com and check out our website at 4AMusic.com. Just one other thing on the Substack, there are links and like pictures and all of these amazing things um so it can add context to like what you hear on the podcast i just think they go very well together so if you haven't <laughs> checked one of them out do it <laughs> anyway. very cool and and i will say uh, bethany thanks for joining us this week we're very, yes. very lucky and happy to have you uh alex what's our quote for ally what's our quote for the week <laughs> all aboard the struggle bus who said it? John Legend. <laughs> Classic John Legend quote. Okay, we think you're super. We'll see you later. Bye. 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 Can we get John Legend on this podcast? <laughs> I was just talking about that. I'm Allie. And my name is Amy. On this week's pod, Taylor Swift dominates the Hot 100. Performing arts platform stage time deep debuts. Okay, we have to do that over. <laughs> that was also no. That was also the debuts. That was also uh, like way too. I think I I was in my head. I was like, should we do that over? Because everyone was like a little delayed. Yeah, I, like, I forgot Charlie. my name. It's like I'm Ally. Okay, let's do that again. Ready? Yes. Future Charlie, edit here. <laughs>